0: Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken and, and I'm Keith Isles
1: and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy talking about movies and related subjects and for this podcast extra we're really pleased to have a good friend of mine as a guest on this um, actor James Payton so welcome to the show James Payton. <laughs>
2: Oh, fuck me, that's where I speak now, isn't it? Hello, it is. Hello, There you go. <laughs>
1: Welcome. <laughs> so for the, for the benefit, you've got quite an interesting CV, James, which obviously I know yeah, very well. So. But for the benefit of our listeners, just tell us a little bit about yourself and who is James Payton?
2: Who is James Payton? Um, James Payton is an actor best known for his fine performances in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Woo. Um yeah me. me, um and uh, uh jobbing actor you got lucky uh, uh but i also work um as a stand-in for very big um hollywood names and as a snow technician for snow business international
1: wow so yeah so well well into the uh the industry and in sort of various different angles as it were yeah um just so you know as well, uh, Simon has, has actually also uh, joined the ranks uh, of becoming a supporting artist, as we'll, as we'll put it, rather than extra on this extra, extra.
2: <laughs> oh, good God, really? Why on earth would you want to get involved in that? Um, uh, well. they, do, they, do a fi- they do a fine job. Um, <laughs> my God, why would you want to be in the crowd? Um <laughs> Just, to, you know, just because it's, it's thankless, uh, yeah, the money's
0: away. Yeah, well, that that is the reason why I'm doing it is for the money. Um, um, I supposed to say the art. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't come from uh, an acting background, so I I don't have this kind of disdain for it that some actors do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get into no, that. It's a, <laughs> it's a,
2: it's we a, will. It's a great place. It's a great place to uh, learn the ins and outs. Um, you know, to get on set for your first time, it's a great place to do it. But no, absolutely. A, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it as a career necessarily. <laughs> not unless you're no. prepared for. Prepared well, James, for what it would be. yeah. To drill
1: on. into this a bit more then this is actually mm. how we met, wasn't it? Because
2: it was, yeah, I seem yeah. to
1: remember if we cast our mind back, it must be, Oh my God, we're getting old. It must be 15 years ago. I would say about, was it about that? Do you think? Something so we did that.
2: Line,
1: yeah. Yeah. We did a chewing gun commercial.
2: We did for uh, <laughs> yeah, some chewing gum commercial sure for Germany or France or some nonsense.
1: Exactly, and we, we <laughs> you and I were like a couple of execs in a um in like a sort of gym changing room that had to sort of rag on a uh, on a guy walking through or something, wasn't it? If, if memory serves,
2: that, that does that does ring a, a very vague bell. <laughs>
1: It sounds very suspect, actually, the way yeah, I've just yeah. described
2: it. <laughs> might want to retake that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a fully clothed uh, <laughs> changing room, I might ask.
2: <laughs> well, you might, be, but I was certainly I was stark bollock, personally. <laughs> Probably why I was cut out of the commercial.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but bizarre. I mean, it was back in the bit like you, Simon, you're saying you're doing it for the money. Um yeah uh when i first moved to london and was trying to sort of get back into the industry over here um used to do all sorts of uh industry related jobs for you you know money and things like uh you know extra or 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 background artist, supporting artist, whatever you want to call it um Yeah, yeah was was one of them and you know commercials and uh you know, stand in work and all sorts of stuff.
2: So, yeah. I just point out that a stand in is not an extra. No, I know. I, I didn't say it was. It's a highly, <laughs> highly professionally skilled job. Yeah. There are about eight people who do it properly. Which Almost you're one of. Allegedly, yeah. There you go. I've done about, I've done about 25 movies of, as a stand in. So, I think, I think I've think i got the hang of it. I yeah. But hmm. well, you stood in for some pretty big names, haven't you? Uh, yeah, a, a couple of uh, people you heard of. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I looked after twice on the two Sherlock Holmes movies that were shot over here. Uh, Christoph Waltz on Tarzan and uh, the recent Bond Spectre. Uh, James McAvoy on Atonement. Viggo Mortensen on Eastern Promises. Um, uh, recently, Jake Gyllenhaal on a on a film called Life. Uh, Colin Fowle and uh, Dan Fogler on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, and a whole. Load of other Sean Bean, um, millions of people that you've probably heard of.
0: So, how did you get into being a stand-in? How did you get started?
2: I worked. I did a film uh, in the nineties called *The Clandestine Marriage*. I had a tiny, tiny part in. I doubt you can probably even see me in the movie. But the uh, second assistant director remembered me, um, called me the following year, and asked me if I fancied being a stand-in on this uh, BBC show, which was called *Wives and Daughters*. Uh, with Michael Gambon ian carmichael um and uh i said yeah yeah sure why not i was looking for work and better in it than not in it uh and um yeah i, I turned up and I, did the, I knew what the job was um i didn't suck at it and they kept asking me back
0: there you go <laughs> so um i mean is your background as a uh, trained actor
2: um not trained i didn't go to a drama school um i guess you can for one that did, you can find one that didn't.
0: Mm. But I mean, you, you, know. you consider yourself uh, because uh, the times I've met you on set, mm. you've you've been like cast in a role acting. So um, yeah. uh, for, for you, how is it sort of being a stand in and not sort of actually being like one of the actors in the film?
2: Um, you, you have to separate the two jobs because they're different. Um, for me, I take it as a as a learning process. You can't be on set with people like Robert Downey Jr. and not pick up the way they do things. Um it's a hell of a learning experience and not just about acting, but also how how films are made and that the entire process, which is incredibly valuable. Um, you know, all my job involves really is paying attention. Um mm-hmm. if you can if you can do that for twelve hours a day over three to six months, then you've got it look you've got it made. That's really the process so i mean you you have to separate two things i consider them completely separate jobs um but one bleeds into the other you know i take stuff that i've done and standing on these multi-million dollar movies and i can put that into practice Um, when i'm casting things that are generally slightly smaller
1: yeah yeah i was going to say you're looking at the two sort of i suppose you look at it as two different levels of the industry you've got your your, you're active as an actor in the yeah in the sort of independent um, film market, whereas your, your, your job in the, if you like, in the big Hollywood film market is, 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 is an, is, is a, sorry, as a stand in. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. So, so, yeah. So I see what you mean. You sort of separate the two that way. Yeah. But having said that, you um, gonna have to having said that, and we, we, we definitely want to give this a mention is you're working on some of these large Hollywood projects as a stand-in has indeed yeah. led to um, some parts in those films, albeit for sm- fairly small parts, but still parts within those films. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, very much so. Certainly um, Captain America, the first Captain America movie, is a great example of that, whereas I'd worked with Joe Johnston on The Wolfman when I was looking after Anthony Hopkins. Um, and when he came back to do Captain America over here I got a call saying that Joe wants as many people from the Wolf Band as possible, are you available? Would you like to come and stand in? And I was like yeah absolutely I'll do that so there I go, I totter off to various studios to do that job um, and halfway through um, they asked me to audition for a small one liner in the movie which I said yeah great, so they put me on tape and Joe saw it and said yeah sure James can do that it's fine Um, So they cut my hair and uh, shaved my moustache down a bit and dressed me up in a suit and took me to see Joe. And everybody laughed at me and said, you look like a Nazi, and particularly like Adolf Hitler, which was always flattering. (laughs) Um, And a a a tiny bit of time went by. And they said, you know, we haven't actually cast Hitler yet. So would you like to play Hitler? To which I replied, oh go on then um so yeah that and that's that that happened purely because i was there and because so this they, is, knew I, they knew who i was
1: and so and this is that famous scene in the in the in the first film then where um you, you, you know they're doing the whole sort of uh stage um extravaganza thing for the uh for the troops that uh that he's doing during the war and uh Hittner sneaks up behind those dancing girls and um captain America socks him in the uh, in in the face and he falls down it's it's that's the bit we're talking about isn't it which is based on the yeah, famous comic cover
2: yeah yeah that's hmm. the uh, that, that's the number one um captain America comic is him punching Hitler um which was interestingly as a as a side note is before America entered the second world war so it's very much right. a political statement and then I think they wanted to put that in there as a, as a nod to you know this certainly the original the original comic. Um, you know, and it worked and it worked well, I thought.
1: Mm. Yeah, made... no, I, yeah. well, yeah. hey, you you are now fi- officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think yes, is pretty yes. freaking cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, that's <laughs> so, kind of um, kind of bonkers really. Sorry, I've got cold. I,
1: I, I I've just realized actually, and uh, we've probably sort of um uh jumped ahead a tad um just for the benefit of some listeners, I think I've mentioned this before, because as you know, I've done a little bit of work, but for any of our listeners that aren't so much film people and don't really know the distinction, could you uh, just say a little bit about what an, a stand-in does because, and and the distinction between a stand-in and a, and a photo double?
2: Okay, so um, essentially a stand-in will, um, well, these days is part of the part of the crew um, so other morning um, we'll have a rehearsal generally with the director and the actors there might be a private rehearsal where everyone goes away and they have a, the set to themselves uh, and then we'll get called on the, the camera operators and the sound department the various hod's and the stand-ins to watch the rehearsal that they'll, that they'll do for us a crew rehearsal which we'll watch um you know their moves when they move what point of the dialogue they move their actions, which way they turn, which hand they lift something up with, whatever it may be. Um, the actors go off and get ready, and we line up whatever shot the director wants with us, um, take taking the part of of the principals, um, like an understudy in that regard. Then once we've uh, lined all that up and the actors are ready, they'll come back, and if there's any technical notes that I need to pass on, be it about an eye line or a mark change or a movement or whatever it may be, I'll pass that on, and we'll. Um, we'll do a take, uh, and that process goes on until we're happy um, with all the setups of the scene, and then we'll move on to the next scene, and so the process goes. That's kind of more or less the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, picture Double um, is somebody who has the same kind of build and measurements as as an actor. It um, would often be used on second unit if there's a shot of them holding a map, or a book, or hands doing something, or back of a head. Or whatever it may be so they're actually on on camera they'll be in the movie whereas i won't be in the movie so it's yeah a completely different um skill set yeah no i'm I'm, I'm, absolutely absolutely yeah sometimes you get to do a bit of both sometimes you'll you know they'll need someone to put a jacket on and just reach for something sometimes you'll, you'll get to do that if they haven't got a double in
1: right which 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 actually brings us to again um we work together. As actual uh, background uh, on the film
2: Flyboys, right? Yeah, I was employed as a. I was, they they phoned me up and asked me to be a double for some or right. other. Um, and then they just kept putting me in scenes that or whatever. Um, so yeah, odd sensation, but yeah, but uh, interesting nevertheless. But obviously, um, that was when you spoke to me about the film Blood Myth. It was. Yes, that's right. That's right. We've, that is a um, uh, low-budget horror that we shot in a million years ago.
1: It was. Yeah. Well, I think ten, ten years now, eleven years ago now, which is scary. There yeah, very much so. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So I have a question for you, Keith. How did you get onto Flyboys? Then.
1: Oh right. Um, well, I mean, that's that's probably similar to um, what you're doing at the moment. Was. Um, as I said, I'd come to, I'd come back from the U S and I was trying to get, uh, you know, work here in London and sort of get yeah. on and make my own projects and build my network and, you know, all of that stuff as you do. And, um, I was just looking for a way to, uh, you know, earn a bit of money to sort of keep the wolves at bay while I was trying to sort of develop my, um, my art, if you like.
2: Yeah, and, cool. um,
1: there were a number of agencies that, that, uh, that dealt with 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 background um uh, or supporting artists or whatever you want to call them extras as the tv show would say <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. um and uh, basically uh i i signed up with well i managed some of them it's quite hard to get on the books of but um i did manage after a little bit of uh perseverance to get on to um Uh, a couple of different agencies books and did a little bit of tv work on on some of them things like murphy's law and stuff like that and then um the fly boy's job was a good one because that was several months of work so i mean that 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 was a nice payer um plus i had a car at the time and um you you know they arranged with me because this was shot in a most of it was shot in a in a field because it was about you know sort of the uh the, the the World War One aircraft um, inventory and whatever and it was shot in a field in the middle of Hertfordshire in the middle yeah, of nowhere there, kind there, of thing there, yeah. yeah yeah and um, they, they they You're they indeed, they indeed that they gave me some extra money <laughs> some extra extra money <laughs> oh. to uh, to give three of the other London based um, uh, essays a, a lift to set each day mm. so. Um, so that worked out yeah for for me i mean i probably played about six different characters in in different guises for that i mean they used to obviously it depends how sort of deep background you were as to whether you were really seen Mm. or not um but they'd stick you in a uniform depending on what side you were on at the time (laughs) and um you you know they do things like put mustaches and beards and different facial hair stuff on you to make you look slightly different and Mm. um Give you a you know a prop gun and and you know you'd go go off and do your your bits and pieces in the background. But while I was there, it did also lead to a couple of other things um, uh, because because some of them knew that I I had a little bit of acting experience and certainly a little bit of on set experience back in Hollywood. Um, mm. They uh, gave me what they called a a, a featured uh, role in, in in a couple of scenes. And mm. this was where I got to play, um, oh, I forgot what the French word is, but the arresting officer, is it the Jean- mm. Gendarme or something like that? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I got to play, um, one of them that actually, uh, arrests James Franco's character and takes him to, uh, report to Jean Reno's character. So I, I got a scene where, um, you know, I was in the room, if you like, on the set with, uh, jean renault obviously i'm a big fan of from the uh from the luke besson films and yeah. um james franco has obviously since then gone on to massive things i mean at that point well, he i was going to what spider-man What, what film.
2: have, what have happened to those two guys Never, well, yeah,
1: yeah 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 no absolutely who who yeah no. uh so um so yeah, got 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 to do a, a couple of things. Unfortunately, my main scene with, with with Franco, the scene where I actually arrested him, was was actually cut from the film, which is kind of frustrating. Um, but I, I, sure. it, weird weirdly, I mean, bearing in mind that I, I was wearing a uniform and I had the helmet on and all this sort of stuff, what I was surprised by is I got contacted by some friends that I used to know in America hmm. saying. Keith, we saw you on the big screen in such and such. And I was like, wow, I, you, you know, I was really surprised that they recognized me, <laughs> um, you, you know, and and I was like, wow. OK, so so um, I did end up with one scene in that. And also the other thing I got to do on that film, um, which which, uh, again, just kind of it's just one of these things that happens sometimes when you're on set is I got to be the hand double <laughs> for James Franco in a couple of scenes. So <laughs> while, while he was off in his trailer, having a foot massage or whatever the hell they do when they're in their trailers, um, I was stood in the middle of a muddy, cold field in, in, in winter time, uh, wearing a, a jacket, a leather jacket, like he had and picking a photograph up from a, um, f- from the ground on, in the field about, uh, well, two hundred times, I guess, which appears like for ten seconds in the movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny because you know, for my for the work that I do as a stand-in, you know, I don't I don't have an agent for that. So because I because I've been doing it so long, I've in fact I've never had an agent for it. Um, I always just get called directly by production or by an assistant director who says, "Can you come and do this movie?" Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a I don't know quite how, how that happened, really. Well, it's good, though. But, it's good that it has. Well, yeah, I mean, you
1: know. I think it's like everything in this industry. It is kind of, um, you know, everything's a little niche, a little click that if you're part of, that's great. But if you're on the outside trying to get into it, 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 it can be pretty difficult, right?
2: It's the hardest. It's, well, it's one of the hardest businesses in the world to <clears throat> get into. Um you know if you can get into it in whatever capacity then yeah, you're doing pretty well frankly because it's it's very difficult to get into i'm sorry yeah. to make to make a living <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult but know, yeah, i'm still here
1: yeah
0: <laughs> now for, for anybody who's thinking about becoming an extra and stuff or um i one i mean I'm sure you guys can attest to this, but you, you certainly need uh, access to transport because uh, uh, all the shoots I've been on so far, they've they've all been in weird and wonderful places. They've always been outside of towns, um, you know, either. In, uh, I've been to a forest. I've been to a farm. I've been to an outdoor uh, museum. So, you know, you, you really do need sort of access to to transport
1: no I, I, um, absolutely it helps I think it, it's not it's not
2: yeah, absolutely no, know, essential but it helps yeah no I know people that do it and have been doing it for donkey's years that just get up very very early um so you know I'm sure it's I'm sure it's manageable mm. you know, yeah but I think there's you know it's different from ten fifteen years ago where it's mostly you know they'll take anybody on these days no offense obviously um <laughs> None taken. <laughs> um, so yeah, these, these days, there's, a, there's a lot of people. Um, it's interesting because <laughs> you, know, you, you see it, you see these people that, you know, they believe that anybody can do it and yet you go on set and then let me assure you, anybody can't do it hmm. from my experience of watching these people. Yeah. And will be able to take instruction.
1: I, exactly. I mean, you have to understand, you know, you have to have a basic understanding of um,
2: you know, how a film
1: set runs and, uh, who does what and all of this sort of thing. And uh, you've got to, I, th- I think the thing with any set etiquette and um, especially on a big production it, it is to know, you know what your boundaries are because um, the worst thing in the world is if you get, and I, I obviously Simon, I know you're not this, but, but, <laughs> but you, you get, you get um, some sort of adoring, uh, you, you know, fan of the the director or the, or one of the actors or something you, you know you know make a complete ass of themselves by trying to sort of talk to them or <laughs> or do something when you you know you have to understand that they're at work and and that's the last thing you do, particularly if you're um your 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 background you know um so yeah it it, it is i mean I, I actually think it's better suited <laughs> to someone that isn't that doesn't have any aspirations to be an actor because I think that I know a lot of actors do it, um, you you know, to earn money. And let's face it, we all have to earn money. We all have to live. We all have to find a way in this industry. Um, But a lot of agents don't like their actors to do um, background work. And, uh, you you know, from an actor's point of view, I think it's probably the most frustrating could possibly have simply because you are you are essentially so close to where you want to be but a million miles away from it <laughs> at the same time and it's you know i wouldn't I, recommend I, it to anyone who wants to be an a- anyone who's an actor so not wants to be an actor that's i don't mean that to sound rude anyone that's an aspiring actor um i would not necessarily say that uh, being a supporting artist was
0: a good fit, personally.
2: Um, would would no, you agree the, with that? The, the only bonus I would say is if you're coming at it straight out of drum school, straight out of school or university or whatever, and you want to get into it, it's a good place um, to certainly... To learn. On a couple of, couple of jobs and, and, you know, kind of get the basics of it. But certainly not as a career. I know in the States it's not as frowned upon as it is over here. That's um, true,
1: actually, yeah. yeah you know, I,
2: I, I, have, I have no desire to do it in the slightest um you know I, you know talking about standing in and acting being two separate jobs i would i would it would be incredibly frustrating to, have to do that
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah I'd, I'd personally i'd stay well away from it but that's just me
0: <laughs> but i think for if if you're like say somebody with no in- um you you you're not interested in acting at all yeah then it is it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I can see why I can see why actors would, you know, would would hate doing it because you you see these other actors who are you know the guys who get all the work because there's usually somebody famous there on these things, and you're going, why isn't that me? Well, I I don't mind it so much because I'm just happy to be working and working in the industry because
2: well yeah i think if you're not an actor then it's absolutely fine yeah um yeah the the, the trick is to not yeah. care about what other people are doing and yeah. focus on what you're doing
0: yeah but i can see why people come and go because uh it can be long hours you can be a lot of waiting mm. around um uh, a lot of the time you are treated like cattle um sometimes yeah. you know um the second ad or or one of the ad's you know you ask them a question and they walk straight past you as if you're not there <laughs> especially when it's quite an important question about what am i doing in this shot <laughs> yeah. you're always the last in the lunch line <laughs> um yes and no i have to say the shoots i've been on they've they they always have like a separate truck for for the extras for the supporting
2: artists so yeah i mean it's 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 simply because there's so much going on none, yeah, with, with the shooting crew that there's there's so much to do, there's so many questions to be asked yeah. uh, to make the to make the whole thing work that that yeah, they are as important as everybody else, obviously, because if you've got a massive crowd scene and there's no crowd, it's not much of a scene,
0: yeah,
2: but um there are other dare I say more important things going on. You know that someone from the crowd may not appreciate, may not realize. Yeah, you know, there's a whole there's a whole movie being made. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I, I I appreciate it, but um, when
2: it's yeah, I can't sound. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it was just it was just one of those moments where it's like if I ask you this question now, you answer it. It's going to save us a lot of time when it comes to shooting because otherwise, you know, I I know from personal experience, one one extra in the background can ruin a shot. You know, if they're not doing yeah, yeah. what you want them to do, it can ruin a shot. <laughs> they can. The so, important thing is to yeah. know
2: what the shot is. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I can, I mean, this is, I think this is one thing that helps me when, when I'm doing it, is the fact that because I've been behind the camera and I know sort of, you know, I can I can gather what they're going to shoot and stuff. So I know, you know, this. I, it's one of those weird things as being an extra because you're in the thick of it. And, you you know, to, to you, you feel, wow, I must be well in shot. And then, of course, when you actually see the finished fig, you're probably like tiny on screen. Um,
2: what about what lens they're on? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And and depending on what the shot is and, and stuff like that. I mean, and
1: how it's edited. Yeah. No, exactly. I'm, 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 absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what, I think this would be an excellent job for, again, someone, you know, in, in wanting to be in the industry or in the industry and a good job for would be a writer. And the reason I say that, particularly in the world we live now where we've got sort of tablets and smartphones and all sorts of devices where, you you, you know, you can work remotely. Um, when I did it, I read so many books. It was unbelievable because you really do. I mean, that whole saying about hurry up and wait on a film set mm. is so true because there are only two modes. It's either scrambling around to get ready for, for, for a shot, you, you know, to happen or sat somewhere. I mean, in Flyboys, it did tend to be in a in a hut in the middle of the field, which was freezing half the time. Yeah, but sat with nothing to do for hours on end. And trust me, you can only have so many conversations with the with the other extras or essays before <coughs> um, before you start going stir crazy. So <laughs> I, I found that I, I read a lot of books while I was. Um, uh you know doing that job and I would say nowadays you know, you know um you know if back then I'd, I'd had a tablet or something I'd have probably got a fair amount of writing done on set I would say well, it's, it's, you know. the
2: thing is you know it's um I think what's interesting about what you know about what you're saying about the kind of the hurry up and wait thing is is that I always consider, you know making movies to be like um dominoes so uh-huh. for me to do my job, somebody some domino has to fall behind me and hit me and the person in front of me is also another domino and i have to do my job before they're ready to do theirs. yes so it's that it's a kind of a, that kind of process of everything kind of happens in an order to a certain degree and that's what that's why it comes across as hurry up and wait like if you know if you bump into a shoot on the street you know as a as, as lot of people tend to do from time to time and And what happens is that a crowd gathers for an hour or so, and then they realize it's quite boring, actually, because they don't see the dominoes falling. Suddenly, Mm. to them, they're ready to shoot. But for me, it's a domino effect. Everybody has their job to do. Everybody does their job. Everybody knows knows what their job is. And once their job is done, then the next person can do their job, and so on, until they're actually ready to, to shoot the movie.
1: And when it all comes together, that that's when you have movie magic. But I mean, that that very rarely, <coughs> you know, there's there's a lot of things that have to happen before that happens, you know. So
2: yeah, yeah, it's a process that's been going over. It is a years. process. Um,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, but very much very much a process, and it follows certain certain criteria, certain rules, if you like. Yeah, let's make sure that everything the shots aren't soft. You know, the cameraman knows where he's looking. The actors know where they're stepping and what they're saying, and when they've got the right costumes on and the makeups right, and the lighting's right, and everything else is right. They've got the right props and so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, no, so it's cool. a it's it's it's
2: but it's, it's you know it's a fascinating process, and you know once you've worked in it a bit, you kind of learn what that process is. Yeah. And no, yeah. You know, and absolutely, there there are very much quiet times, but again, it comes back to paying attention. Yeah. Knowing when it's your turn, you
0: know oh oh definitely definitely and um it's it, it is one of those things i think why i think why a lot of people drop out of being extras because they you know they feel like you know that they are not, you know, they very much are down low on the totem pole and even though i mean i've i've been treated very well on all the shoots i've been on so far but I can see how people might go, oh, I don't I don't know about this. It's, I'm sitting around waiting a lot and then they then they just hurry me on and I have to do something and then stop again. And it's like, well, it's it's better than in some ways it's better than doing a normal job. You're not digging
2: ditches, are
0: you? No, exactly. I mean I mean it's good if you can get the work regular.
1: Um
2: the yes. problem
1: with it is it is very sporadic so like like i said that flyboys gig was a bit of an exception um mm. in 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 the case that for that one i was able to get in i guess you were as well james able to get you know uh, uh three or four months work co- sort of more or less constant work out of it but generally um you are talking you know a couple of days here and there sort of dotted around and um uh you you know unless you happen to be on a production which is really um extra heavy like the like obviously the a war film would be um Mm. uh, or something where you you have been featured enough um as as a background artist that 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 you're almost a a silent character as it were (laughs) within that universe or within that you you know environment
2: uh, essentially walk on the
1: yeah. yeah yeah i mean you, you know um uh that that's the sort of key i think to getting regular uh work at it otherwise it is production to production and um uh you, you know I, I i don't know what they're like nowadays but but the agencies and again you know they've got a job to do so i'm i'm not this is no, by no means uh me sort of having a go at them but what what I did find is this: it's not a potent, it's not a particularly loyal um, industry. You, you know, like you said, Simon, when you are an extra, with all due respect to the important job that they do, but you are the the, the lowest on the totem pole, and frankly, I, I treated such. Uh, I think um, in terms of it doesn't necessarily mean. You, you know, there's there's, there's there's no merit on doing a good job. You know, you come in and you do your job and obviously you try and be as li- low maintenance as possible, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get hired for every job out there. It's mm. just, I, again, it is about, and I know you've experienced this, Simon, um, to an extent it's about how you look and whether you look right for that time period. Because I know, do you want to talk about that? I know you've had a couple of issues with um, with, with some potential uh, gigs is that right uh
0: well it's not uh issues but um the, the thing is it, it's it's like being an actor you're you have to fit so if you're a circle peg and it's a circle hole it's great but when it's a square peg trying to fit into a circle hole it doesn't now uh as you've said keith that you had to you know had your hair cut and i see james about your you know have your mustache shaved and stuff like that um
2: i oh, that was for uh that was for a, a a part though rather than yeah yeah but but extra. we've had to
1: have it done that's, for background that's... as well james remember yeah, fly yeah, boys you...
2: we had to have a short yeah, but, uh, size, that's that's something they get paid for isn't it yeah Am I right? and yeah,
0: that's right I'm, yeah yeah if you know if, if for anything that happens if you have to change your appearance at all you get paid for it and stuff like that but when it's yeah. it's um when they're sort of you get the um the sort of uh, I get I'll get a text or an email saying, are you available for these dates? This is what they're looking for. And there'll be a breakdown of what they're kind of looking for. And a lot of the time they're looking for people with short hair. and I don't have short hair. <laughs> I have long hair. And at this moment, I'm not prepared to cut it. So,
2: yeah,
0: I've um, probably missed out on some work because of my hair. But then I've got other work because of my hair. So it, it's it's kind of swings and roundabouts. I mean, and at the end hmm. of the day. Oh, so you don't know, because I always, um, a lot of the time I go for it anyway, because I turned up on one set and they went, oh, he's got long hair. What are we going to do with long hair? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I always look at it, it can take 10 months to grow it and 10 minutes to cut it, can't it? So it's always better to have the long hair option.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it as a problem. Mm-hmm.
2: The thing I noticed and I have have noticed um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years is that, certainly not all of them, but the the extra world, the background world, the sporting arts world has become really the only amateur part of the business. where anybody can sign up to one of these agencies and find themselves on a job. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's why... know, the ADs that I know, they have to overbook because there's a certain percentage of people who won't turn up. That never happened 20 years ago. Or certainly happened happened an awful lot less. Whereas now, literally anybody can turn up and and, uh, sign up for one of these agencies and pay their 50% commission or whatever it may be and uh, find themselves on the job not knowing a damn thing. Everybody's got to have their first day. But I've seen people not, you know, I've been on some, I've been on, I've been on massive jobs where, you know, I've overheard extras talking about them not bothering to come in tomorrow or it's not going to, it's not worth it. It's kind of a sense of entitlement almost. Mm. Was it never, it certainly never used to be like that. Yeah. You know, there's, there are some, there are some guys that have been guys and girls who've been in the, in the craft of donkey's years that everybody in the crew knows. Mm they're a safe pair of hands and they still do it but now it's been kind of swamped with um with people who dare I say aren't up to it but you know that's uh I suppose that's less less my concern really
0: yeah I, I mean I think it's due to the fact that um you know a lot of these companies are through you know everything's done through the internet so how I got into it was um a friend of mine at work uh he was just out in the shopping centre in Brent Cross and um i guess a pa or somebody came up to him and said oh we're looking for people to be in this commercial uh for which and you've got a good face why don't you come along and do it and you know he he, he did it he you know, was there for an hour and he got paid and everything he said oh this this extra work it's a, that's a right laugh isn't it and they paid me this is great And I thought, you know, I never have been in the industry for ages. And I mean, I've done extra work on short films where, you know, as a runner being a spare pair of hands, you know, if they needed somebody in the background, it'd be like, Simon, could you stand in the corner there? And, you know, I mean, I've I appeared in like a short film where I was at standing next to a urinal for ages and i went back as well in the shorts so (laughs) at least you never needed to take a toilet no right no No, not at all Uh, (laughs) but um so yeah i kind of you know i had done it but that was sort of part and parcel of, of being a runner so you know i i i lost my job last year you know, I was made redundant. And so I was looking for things that I could do. And I, I particularly want to do stuff in the industry. So, you know, I've been working as an editor and I've been working, you know, I've been doing this as well. So it's kind of nice that I can kind of pick and choose. I mean, I've not got to a point now where I could actually just live off all this work, but uh, just because it is sporadic. But it's, you know, it's a nice bit of change that comes in. And, you know, for how many days or weeks or months is i don't mind doing it because you know it it doesn't kind of interfere with the work that i'm doing not at the moment
2: no it sounds like the perfect kind of perfect kind of job for you really kind of side job if you like
0: yeah and also the the fact is that if i don't want to work i just say i'm not available
1: yes yeah i mean it it is it is very flexible and um and uh, but but by the same merit you know, you as an individual need to be quite flexible as well if you're going to do this work oh, because yes. um, they they want you once once you've sort of committed to it. Uh, yes. Well, I, I do find that that's a little bit of a one way street, which annoys me somewhat. Is is yes. they'll um they'll expect you to sort of commit if if they penciled you in. However, they won't they won't think twice about cancelling a job on you at the last minute. Yeah. Whereas yeah if you let them down at the last minute heaven forbid you oh, know so it is it, yes. it's not quite a two-way street no it's not
0: uh, i've i've <laughs> had the experience of this myself because yeah. um well see every email i get about these jobs they they all the casting companies i'm with because i'm with with a couple they always say you know once striking you out you're out if you don't turn up for something you're out you know there's they always have this sort of attitude that, um, you know, if you let us down, that's it. We won't represent you anymore. You'll
1: never work in this town again. <laughs> exactly.
0: And I guess it's for, as you say, people who are honest, experienced working on film sets as say we are. But um, the amateurs. But so what happened with me was I got double books. I got double booked on a producing job and an extra work and the producing job was paying me more. So I phoned up my casting agency and said, well, look, I can't make this. And I gave them some, you know, bullshit excuse. Cause I know me getting another job is not good enough. <laughs> and they put me, they said, Oh, you need to speak to, uh, This AD on on the shoot. And so I spoke to them, and oh my God, they, as as if I had, um, you know, let them down massively. I got a fine. (laughs) You know, I got told I was picked by three clients for this job. And I didn't even know what the job was because I was either going to be a customer or a waiter. And they didn't even tell me, and I'm supposed to bring my own clothes i was just like <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day i you know when it's decisions for that it's you know i'm always going to go with what's going to pay more and but i i thought oh that's it i won't get any extra work now you know they, they probably never use me again no nope, got another got another message the next day saying are you available for this shoot which I was, and I went and did. And the, ah.
2: the reality is, I think those those extra agencies and whatnot, they um, the people that work there don't really know the process of making. They sit in an office and, and mm. you know click through people's profiles or whatever they do. <clears throat> if there's work for people, then um, you'll get booked, regardless. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah,
2: that's that's the reality. You'll get you know if they need people and you're a person, they'll book you. You know, yeah. I've seen people that shouldn't be anywhere near movie sets, mm. and yet you see them time and time again.
0: Yeah, I have to say but... the the one I'm working on currently, which I've I've got a mm. break from at the moment. Um, yeah, I I've 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 I met one guy who you could tell was really amateurish, and you, you wondered. I do wonder if a if he's actually going to turn up uh, for the rest of the shoot, or b That he's not going to get fired the thing is we've not had a day yet where we've had the full cast and crew there so that's going to be interesting but um i have to say i've you know now working on a big production um it's kind of i I, it, it was so funny that it was so impersonal that the fact that you know you had to know what your costume number was and you know if you didn't know your costume number that that was it you may not even have a part you may not even be you know used i was like wow nobody told me these were important things it's a good thing i wrote this number down otherwise i'd be like uh <laughs> yeah i had no idea here's
1: a here's a question then here's a question mhm do you do you feel that we're in an age where um eventually the the uh, background artist will be replaced with uh, CGI characters. I know it's happened in some films, but do, nah, do, do you think?
2: No? No. Nah, it's one thing for the crowd stuff that you, can, you can't do walk-ons and you can't have... Mm. Um, you know what? You'd always have to have someone... You always have to have a physical person yeah.
0: there. Even if the crowd
2: is smaller. Yeah, that's, that's the reality of it.
0: Or a blow-up dummy. They've done that well,
2: they've, as well, they have haven't they? dummies and they have... <sighs> But the thing is on a, on a on a thing where you've got you know twenty extras or thirty extras where they're always those people are always gonna have to be there, yeah that's the, yeah, that's so the when thing you happens. get
1: into it's the when you get into tens of thousands they start doing the other stuff yeah the, isn't the it?
2: days of Gandhi and stuff you know where they're using hundreds of thousands of extras that that's not that's that's gone yeah um you know they can do they can do replication and so forth but and obviously they scan everybody these days, yeah. Um, but yeah. you'll still, you'll still need the physical people on set. Yeah, that's that's just the that's just that process because you have someone solid there. And actually, it's more expensive to to replicate, yeah. you know, all those people, especially if you're getting into the ins and outs and interaction with artists and so forth and so forth. Yeah, you'll always have to have. Yeah, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, um, it's funny how CGI was supposed to be cheaper and it wasn't it's more expensive. You know, it was supposed to bring the price of filmmaking down and it's just increased it massively. And so, you know, you, in some ways, having a physical person there is going to be cheaper than, you know, somebody working in an office on a computer. I mean, just thinking of Gandhi, I mean, that was, they probably filmed on location in India where the the cost of having all those people there was probably very little. I mean, they probably paid them you know, kind of whatever the going rate was in that country.
2: I don't think there was a going rate. Well, but I mean, they <laughs> yeah, that taken time. I think it was all very much minimal kind of. Uh... Yeah,
0: well, that's that's what I mean. I mean, um, r- films like uh, Apocalypse Now and Star Wars, where they use local labor, you know, they pay them very little in what they consider to be very little. But for those people, it was more than they would actually get for a week. You know, just doing their day-to-day jobs. So,
2: well, when when we shot Atonement up in um, Redcar, which is on the northeast coast, up near Middlesbrough, we had uh, one thousand extras. They we were all locals, and they were all paid fifty pounds a day. And they all, you know, this is going mm. back ten years or whatever. They had um, this was for the for that very famous steadicam shop. Yes, good uh, shot, five, Matt. That's a great shot. That's one of the yeah. proudest moments of my career as a stand up yeah. um, because I helped line that up. Um, mm. In fact, I rehearsed it several times with uh, Seamus and Pete, the DOP and the operator, and uh, Carlos, the focus pull, and, and all the various um, departments. But yeah, we there was a certain amount of replication that went on there, but there were a thousand people. So, you know, that was something, you know, it was an impressive amount of people to see you know on that, on that kind of uh on that scale and that that's not something that could be done easily cheaply using um you know a, as a visual effect yeah it's just not it's just not worth the it's just not worth the effort And you can just do it practically yeah on the day. no
1: absolutely absolutely and that's a a wonderful shot in that film as well so um, so that's cool so james let me um ask you uh in your work as a um uh a stand-in yeah. out of all the actors and obviously that you know you there's there's some quite impressive names uh hollywood a-listers etc there um you, you know that, that you've already mentioned but who would you say that you've learnt the most from
2: I, I uh, difficult question um Probably someone like Robert Downey because I did two movies with him, um, and he made sure that I was quite involved in what he was doing. Oftentimes, I'd line up, I'd do the rehearsal without him, and he'd come on and say, "What did you do that looked cool?"
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I say, and I'd, "You know, I tell him what I what I walked through, and I'd walk him through, you know, his actions, and he okay, 'Okay, I'm going to do that.'" Um, so he, he, you know, he, I was I was quite involved with the process to make it easier mm-hmm. for him.
1: These were um, the two Sherlock Holmes movies, weren't
2: these they? These are the two Sherlock, Sherlock, Holmes movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, that was, you know, the thing with Robert is that if you want ten different takes, ten different versions, he'll give you them without thinking about it.
1: Yeah, because I was going to ask that. That's kind of how, we, you know, whereas whereas some actors will, um, and again, it depends on what the director's looking for. Um, some actors will do. Exactly the same thing on every take, uh, and all the coverage, you know, to make obviously editing uh, a lot easier and consistency a lot easier. Um, however, uh, you know, for a director that that, that allows for to, or likes to have options in the edit, um, somebody like Robert Downey Jr., as, as far as I know, he, he's he's that kind of guy that will that will do everything slightly different. Uh, on each take uh, is that is that right
2: um i wouldn't necessarily say slightly different if he if you want him to be consistent he'll be consistent but equally if you want him to um busk it each time he will um so he can be the because most, he does a lot music. of
1: improv doesn't he does does he uh, he, he, he does he, yeah
2: he yeah does, he does he does um he works with works with the script to make it work mm-hmm. better him and jude were great together
1: no, I mean, I mean, he, he, the the results are clearly good because whether we're talking Sherlock Holmes or Tony Stark or or whoever, really, I mean, he he always gives. He's a very interesting actor to watch, isn't he? So um, I think I, I think
2: you, he's, know. you know I think the thing with the thing with the great actor is that he's brave. He'll make a decision and he'll do it, and it might not work, but the next time it will work. Mm. So he's not afraid of failing, and when you're not afraid of failing, you tend to succeed more.
1: Yeah, well, success um, breeds confidence, which breeds more success, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. But I mean, he, he, he very much, I always feel that he very much injects, regardless of the character he's playing, and obviously the two I've mentioned are, are characters that already exist in, in fictional canon anyway, um, but he, he, he still very much brings Robert Downey Jr. to the part. You know, he, he, he injects a lot of his own personality in, into the roles he plays as well.
2: Um, yeah, I think I certainly I think in certainly those two examples that you know both men who kind of know what they're doing, um, and Robert knows what he's doing. So there's that element to it. Um, but as as a as a man, um, you know, it's, it's very easy to separate Robert as a man from you know Sherlock Holmes or Tony Stark or whoever, or Chaplin or whatever. Um, mm. Yeah, but he's but yeah, he's a, a thoroughly charming, pleasant man to work for. Um, you know, he doesn't suffer fools. You have to know your job. You have to know what you're doing. But if you know what you're doing, you, you're fine with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll trust you. If you know you if you prove yourself to him, he'll trust you, and that's great. Well,
1: Say, so do you think we'll get another Sherlock Holmes movie?
2: Um, well, without saying too much, I did speak to a very, very high up person at a certain studio, um, quite recently. And I asked that question and I did get an answer, but I'm not at liberty to say what that answer was. (laughs) All right. So you set us up and let us go, James. (laughs) The other, the other person i would say I learned a lot from, and I learned something from every, from every job and from every person I stand in for, be they good, bad, ugly or whatever. And they've all been delightful. Um, I would say Christoph Waltz is uh, fascinating because you know he's come from being essentially a jobbing actor to having huge success slightly later in life, mm-hmm. um, and that gives him, uh, I guess, a, a not a sense of humanity because that would be unfair, um, but that gives him a different angle on things. With, with you know, with them. Um, in the morning, you get uh, the sides, which are the bits of script you're working on that day, and they're called sides. Um, and you know you read them every morning, and you see what what uh, the character you're looking after is doing, and you read it and you think, okay, that can be played in a number of ways, and you'll be interested to see what he does. But Christoph will do something that lifts that scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Everything about this, he'll do something um, that takes it, makes it, makes the good better and again yeah. he's in, he's similar in, in style to robert that he has the ability to make something ordinary be wonderful um, yeah and that that's that's fascinating and again he's you know he's uh if you're on his on his side as it were um and you're looking out for his best interests he uh, he's great Thoroughly charming, delightful gentleman.
1: Yeah, really oh, he's, he's wonderful. Every, everything I've seen him in, he's wonderful. I mean, yeah, uh, he really, as,
2: he, as a, yeah, he
1: really is one of those gems.
2: Yeah, and as as a man, he's he's a delight to be around. He's a he's a you know, I spent a lot of time with him <clears throat> over the last couple of years, and you know, on, on jobs and stuff, and um, he's thoroughly pleasant to be around. Thoroughly pleasant man. Um, interestingly, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is coming out soon, uh, which I which I worked on, um, and uh, the two gentlemen I looked after on that, Dan Fogler and Colin Firth, uh, Colin Farrell, rather, um, also delightful, and very talented. So look out for that; it's going to be huge.
0: Now I hear you had a stand-in of your own on uh, on a, a little film called Prometheus.
2: i did i did um i did uh (laughs) the stand-in stand-in i worked worked with um i worked with ridley on robin hood (coughs) oh god 2009 that did that um and then a couple of years later prometheus came up and i got the call to go and do that um and during which uh an event took place so i had to skip off for a couple of weeks. And I, I was fortunate enough to find somebody who was experienced in, in the film industry to cover me for those two weeks, which is uh, a chap called Keith Isles. I don't know if you, if you're aware of him, but he covered me for I hear, yeah. I hear, he, I hear he <laughs> sucks. But there you go.
0: yeah, he
2: So yeah, uh, he he covered me uh, for a couple of weeks on that.
1: Yeah. Well, I got asked back after you came back for for a couple of weeks well, as well, which was there nice. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, you were looking for someone that sort of would would be able to sort of go in without having to ask a lot of questions, wasn't it? That's that's what you were looking for, essentially. And um,
2: yeah, and because it's, you, it's quite it's you know it's quite difficult to find a good standard. Yeah, um, you know, although it's a, actually a very simple job. Some people having a camera in their face, um, it's not for them. Um some yeah. people paying attention for twelve hours a day, it's not for them. Um, hence yep. why there's maybe eight to ten people that I would consider, you know, professionals that do it on a regular basis, um, get called for and work time and time again. I'm fortunate enough to be one of those people, I think. I'm, I'm under no illusion that it can all fall apart very quickly. Mm-hmm. But as it stands at the moment, yeah. You know, I'm, but, I'm one but
1: of the those work, so the, the, the work you. yeah, I mean, the work was gratefully received. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, You know, obviously to be on those uh, as a big, you know, every podcast, the Alien franchise gets a mention somewhere. And as a big fan of that, it was, it was great to, uh, to get to go to Pinewood and and hang out on those sets. And, uh, you know, I covered everyone from Michael Fassbender to Guy Pearce to Katie Dickey. So, um, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) So very flexible. and of course, um, <laughs> and of course is off. Or I think has been in Australia making the the next one. Um, not Prometheus two. It's called oh, something we'll else, but it's essentially Prometheus two.
0: It's called Alien Covenant.
2: Yeah. Um. So that's that's having which also stars Catherine Waterston, who was in Fantastic Beasts. Ah. So, see,
1: it's all connected. Once you're in, um, you're in. The,
2: <laughs> you you only have to do one big movie, um, and you will never go on a big movie in this country and not know someone. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's the, I, it, I always it, call it.
1: I call it. I call it the lucky thousand club. But uh, but that, that, I, I, that's I, a I, whole other thing.
2: <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you the last movie I went on that I didn't know anybody. Yeah. Be it as an actor. Be it as a snow technician. Be as be, it, be it as a stand-in. You know, it's a small business. It is well, always always know. You know I've worked with the same people for years.
0: No, absolutely, James. How many how many people do you think are working as stand-ins professionally? How many are
2: or a few? The thing is, what well, a lot of the times they'll go to an extras agency and, and book an extra, right? Um, or then they'll they'll turn up and get fired, and then they'll call me um, <laughs> or. Um, They'll do what they think standing in is. Um, and they call themselves a stand-in. They'll do one job and call themselves a stand-in. Um, the reality is uh, a little bit, I think a little bit different,
0: hmm.
2: not to big up my part as it were, but me and several other people have worked wow. fucking hard actually over the last 10, 15, 20 years um, to make sure we're the people who get the call um, because it's a professional job and we treat it like a professional job and we behave like professionals. And that's why I continue to get called. Somebody might do one job, two jobs, three jobs. Mm. But I've been doing it since the 1990s and I'm still going. Um, so how many people working as a stand-in? Probably quite a lot. But in terms of in terms of people that, that I would recommend or that will do a good a job to... The standard that that we've set, hmm. maybe ten. Okay,
0: uh, I, it's 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 quite a small club then.
2: Um, yeah, I mean I, that's that's from you know the the, the standings that I know. Yeah, and I know the good ones. Yeah, um, there are always people that come and do a job or do a job or two, and then don't do anything else. But but the the reality is, a good standing will save you time. Hmm. Will save you money and that's what they're looking for saving time and that's and so what it's too. all
1: about yeah that's what the whole thing is about time and money Very so, much so absolutely yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it's like an ensemble film like avengers or something like that then do they get a lot of stand-ins
2: in or um for avengers now i um i actually gave him a call and mm-hmm. then when avengers came over here to say look robert's my guy when he's in the uk he has an american stand-in called brian um and we're both aware of each other and he does the American stuff and I do the English stuff. Right. But Robert is so now so big, his standing travels with him now. Ah. So right. I am no longer needed. But, you know, I <laughs> I bear him no ill. Um
1: <laughs> oh. I,
2: I say I say good luck to him. But I think they, you know, they had one. There's a guy who does Robert, which is Brian, there's a guy who does Chris Hemsworth. Um there's a couple of other guys who do some of the other characters, and there are a couple of guys who've done it once or twice who look after, <laughs> have looked after some of the Avengers. But a lot of the times on um, on on stuff, you end up being utility. So you'll be, you know, if it's a cast of six or seven, you'll be all the boys and somebody will be all the girls. Ah, right. If they're different heights, then you wear lifts in their shoes or you crouch.
0: Yeah, I, I think because a, a lot of people in their minds, when they hear standing, they think uh, a lookalike, you know, somebody who looks like the the actor that they're standing in for. But it's obviously not the case because it, it's, it's more to do with, uh, I guess, with sort of the technical side of things of like setting the lights up and setting the camera up
2: yeah, I think I think if you asked any DOP, any um camera operator, focus puller, whatever it may be, in the camera department, they said, Would you prefer someone who knows what they're doing or someone who looks like the actor? They're gonna choose the person who knows what they're doing because that's gonna save them time and that's gonna make sure the, the shot isn't soft. Yeah. Because you've got their best interests at heart as they've got yours, you know. Mm. Oh, That's, That's why you know. That's why I'm sitting for people. I'm sitting for people who I'm completely wrong for physically. Mm. But I got the job because I'm good at my job. I like to think, or I'm, <laughs> or I'm sucking the right cock.
0: Oh no! I mean, um, having you know, the, the, my experience of working on films. It, every every if. Any department, they will always go for uh, the people who know what they're doing, and that's probably why it is such a small world. Because if you are, if you know what you're doing, uh, you're not a pain in the ass. You come in, you do the job. Uh, you're not a headache. Um, then you'll you'll find that you just keep getting the work, and that's one of the reasons why it's such a, a small circle of people who do all these jobs.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, your last your last comment, James, has made me realise why I've never got anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've,
2: never I've never been prepared. Never <laughs> been prepared. <laughs> it's not just about sucking a cock, as well sucking the white cock. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's the, you know it's the, a lot of teams where you know you'll get a, a lot of prop people who work together a lot. Mm. Um, you get you get an operator who works with the same focus puller on the same clapper loader, you'll get an AD team that work together, the first, second, floor, second, key, second, third, um, whatever it may be. You know, these people work in teams Hmm. Um, and obviously those teams change when people step up to the next level in their career and that's fine. And then they get replaced, whatever it may be. But people tend to work in teams. If you can get in with a team, um, you know, you, you, you should work. Hmm. Yeah. In, you know, in, in it's a small
1: way. industry, it's a small industry yeah, when yeah. you're in it,
2: absolutely, yeah. Um, the crew side of things, very much so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What What was I gonna say? I was gonna ask as well about uh, because you mentioned it briefly there as well. Um, uh, y- you know, you also, apart from doing the, the um, uh, uh, stand in work and, and obviously acting work uh, on an independent level, which we'll, we'll come to, uh, but you also work for an organisation called Snow Business. And I just wondered whether you could uh, um, tell us a little bit about that, because that's quite interesting.
2: Yeah, um, Snow Business International, uh, as the title would uh, indicate, an international uh, winter effects company that provide um, yeah winter effects for film, television, corporate events. Uh, so things like um, The Holiday with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. Um, if you see snow in a movie... Um, it will be us. And if it isn't us, it'll be the product. Um, essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So I, I'm yeah, a, ve- ve- a
1: very rarely is it actual snow.
2: <laughs> uh, very rarely. Um, although I did, um, obviously I, I worked on Spectre in two capacities. I worked as, I looked after Christoph on it, but I also worked as a snow technician. Um, so I went to Austria, fortunate with snow business. Um, and we got there and it snowed, but we stayed and helped.
1: Without giving away all of the movie magic, obviously, but effectively, how, how, how does it work? What do you actually do?
2: Um, we have a product. Um, we have several products, obviously. Uh, the product um, you'd be most familiar with, with would be the laid snow. Um, that is, is not obviously snow. It's another thing. Um, but I can't, I'm not limited to say what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we, we dress sets. Um, with this product to make it look like it's snowed always snowing ah. so from falling snow to laid snow to frost to ice to whatever it may be we'll provide it there you go it's it's all an illusion folks <laughs> yeah very much so but then they're based in in Stroud, in gloucestershire
1: in that direction and how, how did you come to to get that as a sideline because i mean that that that's um, that's been quite good to you as well hasn't it
2: Oh, God, yeah, I've I've worked for them for the last uh, 12 years. Um, So I did a movie called Vanity Fair in 2003, in all over the place, actually, a Reese Witherspoon movie, Um, and one of the other stand-ins was making a short film. She asked the B-camera operator from Vanity Fair if he'd shoot it and light it. He said yes. Um, The film itself was a bit of a mess, but I came on board as a production manager to help him out. Um, it all went horribly wrong quite early on. It wasn't really organised well enough by the time I came on board, but the stills photographer um, came and gave me a hand. Um, he became a friend of mine. He worked for Snow Business and asked me if um, I was available to come and work on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, because they wanted people who were you know, savvy on set. So I went uh, and did a month on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for them. And uh, the head chap there, that's no business, Darcy Crenshaw, I um, obviously, you know, seemed to do all right at it. So he sent me off to Latvia to do a, a BBC show with um, uh, Daniel Craig. So I we went off to Latvia for a month and uh, shot this Daniel Craig thing. This is going back, as I said, 12, 13 years. And, uh, I'm still there as and when I'm available to do it so I still do that, I still do that today in fact, I was doing it last week
1: so so between the two between the standing in and the um the snow work you're you're able to to actually make a, a you know a reasonable living between the two yeah
2: well between the between the three actually really um yeah those those three jobs that I have that keeps me. Housed and fed, and able to pay for all the things that I need to pay for all my responsibilities and so forth.
1: Well, the third thing, obviously, being the acting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. what what is t- t- talk 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 to us a little bit about that and what's what's happening with with that at, at the moment?
2: When I started uh, this movie called Life, directed by Daniel Espinosa, um, as a stand-in, I also went up to Glasgow to shoot. A cameo in a web series called Cops and Monsters that's coming out soon. An episode of that. Um, I'm doing a uh, a low budget movie for uh, some special effects guys who worked on Spectre and Star Wars and and so on because I worked with them and they knew I was an actor. Um, and also, I'm in talks to do a cowboy movie out in Spain. Oh, I'm uh, jealous. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's all money-based, obviously. Um, and uh, uh, still, a photographer that I know, he's he's doing a a show that he wants me to be involved in. So we're just he's shooting some stuff in Cornwall this month uh, to hook some money in, and then we'll shoot that next year, hopefully, which is an artistic wow. piece. Um, so yeah, I've I've got irons in the fire. And then there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things knocking about that I may or may not do depending on time and money and availability and so forth. But yeah, there's lots, there's lots going on. So it's just yeah. a question of uh, you know, juggling.
1: Absolutely. It shows though that, um, you, you know, that, that sort of adage about, um, if you, if you kind of, you know, work with the right people and surround yourself with those people, then, um, y- y- you know, you end up getting, getting, uh, roles and jobs and stuff like off the back of it. So, um, yeah, so very much so. work. work.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I was cast in, um, I did a BBC thing a few years ago, the escape artist, uh, I was on the BBC and I did an audition for it. The second AD, called me up. She's a friend of mine. She called me up and she said, James, I need an actor. Are you available? And I said, yes. She said, it's credited and so forth. And so I said, yeah. And I, I turned up and shot this scene with Sophie Okonedo, uh, and then went home. Um, then Bologna comes out on the TV and there's my name, but it's just cause I knew, I knew someone.
1: Huh.
2: And there's a lot to be said for knowing the right people. I don't know all the right people. I know some of the right people. If I knew all the right people, I'd only be anything.
1: Yeah, you got to, and plus you need to go back to doing those other things.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, you I mentioned. Mean, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it serves a purpose, you know. It serves a purpose. These jobs, I learned something. You know, when we go on, when I go on set as a snow business technician, not only do I know what I'm doing in that regard, up to a point, obviously, um, but I also know a lot of people on set already. So that's a great shorthand, but they can, they, you know, they they, they know me and I know them. So I'm not this kind of strange guy who's just rocked up.
1: No. And I mean, it's fair to say it's taken you years of hard work to get to that, you know, to get to where you are now, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, nearly, you know, nearly,
2: nearly 20 years to get to this kind of odd place where I'm making a living. I'm not quite doing exactly what I want to do, but I no. am making a living in a very difficult industry
0: so uh james do you yeah. ever get um like uh noticed by people on the street for some of the sort of roles you've done or do you get like fan mail because i i know you've done harry potter and uh and captain America, and i know those fans can be a little bit fanatical
2: um but yeah some of them are enthusiastic <laughs> um which is which is great um yeah i get i get fan mail every so often but my agent sends to me. Um, once in a while, I get stopped in the street and said, "You're Neville's dad, aren't you?" <laughs> or, or whatever. It be. Yeah, every so often it happens, and you know, people look at you funny on the tube. But well, that might be just my face.
1: I was going to um, say that's that's just people on the tube. Yeah, weird. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Every so often it happens.
1: And, uh, and you've done conventions before, haven't you? You've got to do yeah, the. I,
2: um, I do. I do conventions. Um, I do. I try and do a few a year. Like a comic con, or um, you know, whatever anybody asks me to do, really.
1: I mean, that's Um, a good. That's that can be a good little learner, right?
2: um, Yeah, it's nice when you get to go and meet, um, you know, fans of the films and work that you've done. You know, sign some autographs, sign some photos, have a chat to people. You know, they're interested in what you're doing, what you've done, how it happened for you. and yeah just to uh, it's nice to talk to people and yes you know there's a little bit of money involved on occasion but it's more about kind of going to meet people and say hello and say actually I'm um, you know I am just a, a jobbing actor who got lucky twice because that's the reality of it that you know there's a 30,000 other actors who are as good if not better than I am um that haven't got lucky twice I've, I've been fortunate that I've been in two massive movies mm. briefly, but still, you're in still in movies. them.
1: Yeah. You're, <laughs> well, you're am, still, yeah. You're still um, officially part of it. Nobody can take that away. So there you go. No, no, <laughs> no, no,
2: I, I turn up and I pull the right faces. Um, I pull, well, uh, not really, not really the right faces, but I certainly put a face and, uh, if the director falls for it, then lucky me. um, if they don't, then I'm in trouble. Once I get, uh, once I get that tap on my shoulder, telling me I've been uh, found out, it falls apart.
0: So, when you do, you ever get sort of nervous going uh, onto set? Uh,
2: no, um, not really. It's my home. It's what it's, I've spent my entire working career there. So this is this is what I'm familiar with. It. I know what people do. I probably know most of the people there. Um. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels safe, actually. Okay. It's one of the safe places to be, because because I'm so familiar with it. And all movie sets are the same, be it something that's costing £100 or something that's costing £200 million. It's just more stuff, it's just more toys. You know, you still Dang have to man. have basics. You still have to have a camera, you still have to have somebody to operate that camera. You still have someone doing the sound, you still have actors, you still have a ad just on a, you know, vast, a huge, a much larger scale, much, much larger scale. Um, you know, I still get impressed when I go on sets. You know, some of the sets that I've seen over the years are jaw-droppingly amazing. Mm. Of course, not if it's real, yeah. it's all made of balsa wood mm. painted, mm. but to look at them, you would, you'd never know.
1: No, I mean, Prometheus, you yeah, know, Ridley being what he is, uh, you know that that was amazing. I have to say, I yeah, I, uh, I had to hold in the inner geek big time, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, mean, I did, I are, think. <laughs> yeah, those those you know, Prometheus is an is an amazing set, as was Robin Hood, as was the stuff we did on Atonement, as the as was uh, the stuff in Eastern Promises, the 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 sauna scene, Eastern Promises. That um, was all a set at Three Mill Studios. It wasn't, you know. It was based on a real place, but it was a set. You, know, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. Amazing, but incredibly talented designers and builders and painters and so forth.
1: We we asked you the question earlier about um, actors and and you know of all the actors you sort of stood in for, you, you know which which one had you learned the most from? And and you, you you know very kindly I put you on the spot with that, and you've answered it, which is great. Um, what about? I've got to ask a similar question though uh, about directors, because of course, over these movies, you've worked with. You know, you just mentioned Eastern Promises, for example, the Cronenberg. You know, you, you, yeah. you've worked with some. Um, you've worked with some 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 of the sort of Hollywood A list directors as well, and I just wondered, you, you, you know, you you get to hang out on set. Have you um, Have you learned much from from any of those guys about the craft?
2: Yeah, very much so. I mean, you you do pick up um, uh, someone like George Clooney um, knows what he wants. Once he's got what he wants, we finish. That might be two o'clock in the afternoon, might be six o'clock, but it's generally about three, um, which is great. You know, there's no shooting shooting the shit out of it. He knows what he's going to cut together like, so that's what he shoots. Um, someone like David Yates, who I did my Potter with, and also Tarzan and Fantastic Beast with, as a stand-in. Is incredible with the actors, Um, and and a delightful man. He bounces around the place like he wants to be there, which is amazing. You know, he's got these huge movies on on his shoulders, and yet he wears it incredibly lightly. Even though he's, um, you know, you can't get to that level without without having a steel core. But he's a delightful man, and he's interested and interesting. In the whole process, and wants input, which is great. Um, someone like Joe Johnston on the Wolfman and Captain America, um, you know, he's obviously coming from a, a crew background as well. Um, and he—he he was, you know, in terms of Captain, in terms of Captain America, my part in it. He, I came up with what I wanted to do, and he let me do it. If I wasn't doing what he, did, what he wanted me to do, he would let me know. So he was great to be around. Um, David Cronenberg is a, a, a gentleman, um, charming to be around, and I am. I am fortunate that you know I do get to spend time with these people. And Ridley Scott is amazing. Might call you a cunt, but he won't be. It's not personal. Um, <laughs> I say, um, but it's all—it's always done with a wry right look. Um, he he's—he, you know, he's—he had a, on Robin Hood. He had a bank of monitors, um, and he would say, you know, I'm going from here to here to here back to here there. He knew what he was doing. Amazing, yes. um, and you know that you know, it's kind of inspirational watching these people because you can see, you know, when they speak to you and when they talk about. Their editing process and how they're going to cut, and kind of start to put it all together. It's like a massive jigsaw puzzle about how to put these things together. Essentially, when we're making a movie on set, we're putting together the ingredients for them to then bake that cake in the edit.
0: I was just wondering, James, when um, when you're when you've done your your bit as a, a stand-in, are you able to sort of watch what they're doing on set, or do you have to like clear the set and?
2: go to a waiting area um, well, I, mean, I never I'm I'm in two places um, I am either when we're rolling I am either watching it live out of the actors eye line so I know if anything's changed or anything I need to know or' I'm by a monitor watching watching the monitor I don't leave okay I don't leave the set I don't have to, I don't go anywhere other than those two places because that's that's part of my job is to know what they do, so to know that I have to be there. Obviously, you know, not in the way, there's something yeah. sometimes you can't be on set, yeah. There's always a monitor that you can look at, so that's where I am. I'm by the monitor, making sure I've got it right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
0: know, I'm just curious because you know, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> uh, uh, you know, as again, being a, an extra, uh, you know, you 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 you're brought onto set you're put in your position, you might get a bit of action to do and then you're left there waiting for them to do the shot and then you do your bit and then they lead you off somewhere else. <laughs> and you're, Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, my, you know, my job is to know what the actor's doing so it's my responsibility to know that. You know, that's, that's my job. If I don't do that, then I haven't done my job. Mm. But It's great. Mm. Love it.
0: Oh no, it's 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 is quite a, a a great you know that you, the fact that you can st- still remain on set while they're shooting and, and see everything that's going on which uh, you know uh, some people aren't uh, privy to you know on, Yeah, on I mean the, as
2: I said I would if, if I didn't do that I wouldn't be doing my job. I wouldn't be yeah. getting called, you know. So I have to I have to be there. I have to know what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean for me that was one of the um Uh, you know, apart from obviously earning some money for a few weeks, but the, uh, the, the, the joy of, um, standing in for you, (laughs) excuse the pun, um, on Prometheus was the fact that I actually absolutely, I got to see Ridley who's, who's obviously one of my childhood heroes, um, working and, uh, you know, it was, it was incredibly interesting to, to, to see, um, you, you know, the man is so into his details, um, that um that, that, that you know it's unbelievable and <laughs> uh so, so yeah it was fun to sort of stand you know on on the set watching it all happen or, or next to the monitor and uh, y- you know si- seeing ridley you know scream things out while, while while the action's going on and um yeah yeah good stuff yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing <laughs> stuff
2: yeah people you know it's the, the reality is it's all smoke and mirrors Totally. What you see up on the screen what you see up on the screen is hugely different to what what you see on the floor
1: and how do you feel when you when you go in here's a question I wonder um obviously I wasn't there for the whole thing on Prometheus, so I was able to um not not know too much uh prior to to seeing the finished film um, yeah. but obviously you know when when you're on an entire production and you're standing in for one of the lead characters um you you know by the time it comes around to to the film you you kind of know it do do you still get a kick out of seeing the movie or do you um do you find that it takes anything away from from the final film for you
2: um i still get a kick i always get a kick out of seeing it about you know seeing the thousands and thousands of hours that i've got into this thing and then seeing the final thing that's then going to take on its own life and it'll be what it is for, you know, in perpetuity. Um, it's almost a bit like having a home movie where you're not quite in the shot. Do so, you, know, you yeah. remember certain scenes and you go, I'm just standing just behind there. Or, you know, someone's delivering a line. They're actually delivering it to me off camera. Um, yeah. But nobody would ever know. Or that's my hand. Or... or um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember that. that. I remember that day. That was the day I had kidney stones. Or that was the day... Um, we had to leave set because it was too windy, or whatever it may be. So you have these the moments um, when watching a movie that nobody else would get. You get these memories of where you were, what you were doing, and how it was going. But equally, yeah. I can still I can still enjoy I still enjoy the story. I still enjoy uh, enjoy those movies as an as an audience member.
1: That's good. No, that's good. Because, yeah, and also, works, I've got to ask about um, credits as well, because it's a little bit of a sort of grey, ambiguous area with, with stand-ins, isn't it? Some, some films' stand-ins are indeed credited, uh, and other films, they're not. And I guess you've experienced both, haven't you? Um, what, yeah, I mean, is is um, that a contractual thing or something? How does that work? Um,
2: contracts are always, it's always at the discretion of the producers. Uh, certain studios don't credit stand-ins, and that's policy. I won't say which ones, but certain ones don't. Um, so what you will get, if you do a movie for that certain studio, is you'll get a PA credit, production assistant credit. Um, And some don't. A lot do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, hmm. Yeah, some do, some don't. Uh, and that's part of the gag, really. Just have to accept it. You know, I know what I did.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, this is true. I mean, this. I mean, um, if uh, all the extras was were credited, <laughs> the credits would go on forever. But, oh god, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's 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 it's, it's generally just policy um, because we don't fit. Standings don't fit in their own department. Um, you get cobbled in with the ads. It you know they, they they do what they do. It's you know it's a it's a, it's an important job, and you're in the mix with these um, well-known, incredibly successful people, and you're there. You know, dealing with them, and sometimes you don't get a credit, and you go, "Well, such is the way," mm. because it's a, some it's a bit of an unspoken job sometimes.
0: Mm. Yes
2: the actors don't always do it themselves.
0: <laughs>
2: and nor should they. You know, you if you're spending a 10, 12-hour day as an actor with incredibly emotional scenes to do, um, you don't really want to be standing there for an hour doing the lighting. I, it,
0: the, the thing is, um, there is this attitude, I think, sometimes on set that, that people's jobs are more important than other people. And at the end of the day, if it wasn't for everybody who was there, then the whole thing would probably fall apart or it wouldn't be such a, um, you know, such so, so efficient, uh, you know, machine. And uh, it's a shame that, but everybody who, who is on the set has an important role to play, including, you know, from, you know, the directors, the producers, to the camera department, to the PAs, to the stand-ins, to the runners, to the extras, and you know, it's, it's everyone's.
2: Everyone's there for a reason. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everyone's there to do their bit. And this
1: is why movies cost so much to make because exactly. you know you need these people. Um, <laughs> and you know, obviously, the the lower budget you've got, the the fewer you know people, resources, time, um, and and you know, kit you can have. So yeah, yeah it's
2: exactly. It's, exactly.
1: Um, yeah, that's why people say to me sometimes, why do films cost so much to make? And you think, well, yeah, d- try, try making one and you'll find out.
2: <laughs> yeah, try, try, try making a Transformers movie for, you know, £300,000. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There'll be people that say you can do it, and yeah, they might be wow. able to, but it won't look as slick. I mean, it won't. It'll be terrible, obviously, but it won't look as slick. Yeah.
0: Though, so, um, Keith... just before we sort of finish up I'm curious why did you stop doing extra work
1: um oh well it was it was was a few things really I mean first and foremost um you you know about surviving in London um I literally wasn't getting enough work at it to 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 make a living um uh you know uh, as we've sort of said you kind of need other other jobs as well um and of course you need flexibility if if you're gonna if you're gonna balance those so first of all i wasn't really making a living the other thing was i did actually uh get an agent um at at some at one point there uh uh, you know a proper acting agent or i say proper and inverted commas um and uh they they um at the time part of the part of being with them part of the contract was that you didn't did not do extra work so um I I kind of left doing it at that point I mean as it happens things didn't work out with that particular agent anyway um but uh yeah I kind of got out of the loop and then you, you know never really got called um and 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 found it sort of hard to get back into it. So I, I just kind of thought, well, I I've done my bit, I've tried that, I've had a go at that, and I I sort of let sleeping dogs lie, really. So um so yes. It 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 was it was it was it was tough. And obviously as James already mentioned, the 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 stand in stuff, um Without blowing my own trumpet, I think I'm more than qualified to do uh, because, you know, I accept what you're saying, James, about it is a proper professional job. Um, and, you know, I have my little shout at it, thanks to James. And, and, you know, I like to think I did a good job on it. But as you've also mentioned, James, it is kind of tough to get into. I mean, even you said you find it hard sometimes to, to, to find the work. So with that, I never really, really got into that into that click into that, um, into that circle. And I think the thing was on Prometheus was, was my job there was to be invisible so that they wouldn't really notice that, that, that James was, was missing, uh, in so much as they, you you know, I wasn't, I didn't want, need to stand out as a new guy. And, uh, that probably did me some harm in, in, in so much as you, you know, uh, I, James came back and I was probably very quickly forgotten <laughs> after that point. So, uh, so 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 that never really worked out either.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about that. I mean you did get some work, you know, being uh, a an PA and stuff, didn't you?
1: A, a little bit. Yeah, on Prometheus particularly. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, it was just beyond that once that production had finished. I mean, yeah, they 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 were good to me on that production, but um once that finished um you, you, you know it it didn't lead to anything else for, for me sadly um but uh, but 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 you know hey ho like i said i've had i've had a go at every i've done everything to get into this industry apart from what james mentioned earlier which involves being on your knees <laughs> i haven't i haven't i haven't tried that and i don't really know if i can get a taste for it if you know what i mean
2: so <laughs> <laughs> You just have to separate yourself from it that's all <laughs>
1: yeah i didn't suffer for my art
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, well, but we uh, love it anyway right? yeah right
1: we love the industry anyway yes <laughs> yeah, of course. without it we wouldn't have our movies to talk about on this podcast would we <laughs>
2: exactly Pays the bills
0: so james um Where can people uh, find out about your work online? Do you have like a a website or are you on Facebook or Twitter?
2: Um, I do Twitter under Mr. James Payton, um, P-A-Y-T-O-N, or you can go to my IMDB page or just Google James Payton and there I shall be.
0: And uh, Keith, where can we find your work?
1: Well, if you go to YouTube and you put in British Isles, E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, like what I did there, James, um, oh. you can indeed find work. In fact, there is one of my films on there called Blood Right, which actually stars James Payton in the lead role. So oh, uh, very good.
2: He's, he's very good in it. that.
1: Well, <laughs> it, interestingly, interestingly, just while we're there, that came about because I remember we were working on something and uh you were as you'd quite often got cast as the the funny guy the comic relief yeah, yeah. because you're quite an amusing yeah. chap james as, as as listeners have heard here well, um, you my opinion, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you and i remember you sort of saying oh you know um it would be good to sort of have a go at something different something a bit darker and um when I came up with Blood Right, I actually I knew you were a good actor and I thought, let's let's um let's see you doing something different to what you're usually or what to that point you'd usually been cast as. So um, yeah, yeah. wrote a very dark and disturbing role for you to play. And uh, well, I think you nailed it, but uh, maybe other I people know. can go to the site and have a look and see what they think.
2: <laughs> I um, now I can't get out of playing those roles. I'll go back to comedy.
1: <laughs> You're dying for a comedy now, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh well you can find my work as always on independentrunnings.com
2: and unfortunately Where can you find where can we find your work work, Simon? Where where can we where can we find your work?
0: It's on Tell uh... us where. <laughs> you really want to know. Where? where is it? Where it's uh independentrunnings.com.
2: Independentrunnings.com?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, it right. First, that's right and uh, unfortunately james has not appeared in any of my films so uh, unfortunately you can't so yeah i'm afraid uh no james painting in my films yet yeah. anyway yeah i yeah. was gonna say yet yeah. yet yeah.
1: yeah. 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 You, you've got to get him before he, he makes it big and just, you know and you won't be able to afford him that's that's the thing uh, that's what I figured get him while he was cheap
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you can uh, listen to this podcast uh, via YouTube um um sorry, let me do that again. <laughs> I screwed that up. Uh, you can listen to this podcast via iTunes, uh, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. Uh, I've already heard it.
2: I it. Yeah. Um, I was you... there.
0: I was there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can follow us uh on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven Movie Hell. And uh, if you go on to uh, iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review and a rating. It all helps.
2: Yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. well, they said I agree.
0: <laughs> so um, thank you so much, James, for coming on and uh, talking to us. You're yeah, welcome. it's
1: been great. It's been great to have you on, mate. And um, hopefully we can catch up soon because it's been it's been a while. But uh, yeah, let's have, let's I'm have, glad let's you're busy. You. Thanks, yes, I'm glad yes. you're busy. Yeah, Thanks, that's mate. good. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: tired. And uh, join us again for the next episode of uh, Movie Heaven, Movie Hell.
2: My that one as well. That one, I, <laughs> I don't know. You You'll might be, be back, I'm sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one will be shit. This one will be the best one. Um, <laughs>